Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello and welcome to Triple P, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, Justin Bradford, Matt Best. And hey, it's been a while since we've talked to you, but you know, there's been a lot that's been going on and we've hit you with a lot of podcasts uh, lately and had a little bit of time, a little bit of a break, but it's time to do a quick free agency recap didn't we didn't do it yesterday because we figured there could be some more things going and hey the Preds did make another re-signing uh at the time of this recording but we're gonna just jump right into things here Matt we knew it was not going to be an overly active day for the Nashville Predators because of multiple things while yes they did have cap space that cap space has to be used to re-sign other players that are RFAs at that status and but and it a UFA in Mikhail Glenland, and then potentially have some of that cap space left over for when they want to re-sign potentially Matthias Ecklenfield Forsberg to have that carry over because granted they wouldn't kick in until the next season, but have that flexibility to carry over or if they want to make moves during the season. So we knew it was not going to be an active day. I think the number one thing we knew was probably going to happen was backup goaltender. That's the thing that everybody's like, okay, just waiting to see who it's going to be. And then mixed things happening on the Grandland front where first it was reported that he was not resigning. Then immediately after free agency started, he did. And it, and it was the kind of thing too. I think it was like test open market, see what kind of phone calls he gets. He probably didn't get exactly what he, what he wanted and boom's like, okay, Preds, I'm good. Just wanted to do that quick little double yep. check on things. And then everything else was death signing. So we knew this is going to happen. And if, if you're out there, folks, and you thought there was going to be a big splash, I'm so sorry that you thought that. <laughs> because I think most people knew there was not going to be a big splash. This is not the big splash time. They didn't need to be a big splash. If they're going through, quote, unquote, competitive rebuild, they have to let the young guys get some playing time. And we saw other teams get better in the division. Chicago's stacking up. Uh, Dallas, obviously, their blue line is pretty st- stable right now as well uh so it's going to be interesting to see what this division plan uh, plays out but matt as always go to you for your take nationally on things and how people are kind of viewing what the predators did and who maybe some of the big winners on free agency were especially after right after the draft like this so to look at it from like a toronto perspective going into nashville also different microphones so be prepared for me to sound like an air traffic controller for this whole episode and probably the next (laughs) two or three episodes um Mikel Granlund's contract viewed around the league and around the media specter right now is that that's a lot of money and a lot of term, and it kind of doesn't make sense. This move makes sense two years down the line when the Predators are ready to actually contend on a year-in, year-out basis. Not a, they could probably contend this year, and they might be able to contend, but when they're actually bonafide, yeah, they can contend. When it's the legitimate run-it-back mode. The, it feels like the run-it-back train is gone. That's done and over with based on some of the moves that we've seen so far. $5 million to Mikel Granlund is a lot of money per year. And, I mean, you look at the grand scheme of things and you go, well, Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne make eight. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't compare two bad contracts to one kind of contract. And this isn't to dump on Mikel Granlund. It's just to say it feels like it's the wrong time for him. You and I projected that he was probably going to get four, four and a half, and we were hoping it wouldn't be to the Preds because that (laughs) seemed a little pricey. Five mil is a lot, not to mention he's going not to take away a roster spot because I think he is a top six player. He deserves a top six spot, so he's not really taking away a spot. He's just getting rid of an opportunity. Mm -hmm. A guy like Rem Pitlick is not going to get a shot. 
Cody Glass, instead of being able to blossom into a top six center, is now going to be shuttled down that depth chart. Uh, it just, oh no, the dog has her toys. This is going to be fun. What a fun episode we're going to have here. Uh, guys like <laughs> Phil Tomasino aren't going to get that power play time that perhaps Mikkel Granlin will be taking from him kind of thing. It's just an extra body, which is a good body, but he's taking away kind of this, not youth movement, but just prime roster spots from the youth that need the time on ice. Now, now here's the other thing too, because we, we know this. Granlin could play on the wing as no, well. dog. There could, be, <laughs> there could be that opportunity as well that he's playing on the wing. Granted, it was nice to see him go back to hit where he feels more natural, and I think that is at center position because he basically started out, whether it was under Peter LaViolette or John Hines, under the wing. And it's, so now with him getting the chance at center, I feel like he looked more comfortable out there. He looked more confident as well playing center and mixing it up, going towards the net as well. You saw that confidence brooding a little bit more from him as a center too, because he felt more in control and he did help the young guys around him get better. So Philip Tomasino as well, you bring him up. I still don't see him coming in as a center. I think they're going to start him off as wing because that's what most teams do because the the stress and the pressure. Cody Glass, absolutely right on that, that it makes it to where it's going to be a little more difficult for him unless Granlin does slot back over to the wing, that Cody Glass would be the third line centers, which you're most likely looking at there, which at least for a center, at least he's going to get playing time. Unlike uh, other prospects that might be on the wing, get buried, at least as a center, you're still earning time, taking face-offs, doing a lot of those things that they want to see you defensively responsible in the zone and trying to do the right things as well as a prospect too. So I see that there, but yeah, you're right with the contract in the term, mostly the term, I think contract, People are like, okay, well, at least there's money to spend. That's why they made some of these trades because they had some money to spend. It's the term. If it had been three years, okay, two years would have been prime. Yeah. That would have been great because then you're not stuck as much. You're like, okay, well, it ends next year. No need to buy out or anything like that. It's, it's going to be over soon. Four years, David Pohl has signed some bad four-year deals. It just feels like such weird timing. You look at it does. Doggy, it's okay, Wolf. Uh, you look at the UFAs that are going to expire in four years' time. Johansson will be off the books by then. Granlin's contract will also be off the books by then. The only contract that's really out there towards that time is Roman Yossi. Uh, Matt Duchesne's will be around there at the same time. And <laughs> you're still paying Kyle Turris for a ton of years, by the way. Um, <laughs> it just feels like it's such weird timing. I, I feel as if David Poyle is seeing, is it, seeing it this way. Philip Forsberg will re-sign 2022-23 is what he's putting his eggs in his basket for. Um, then he has that two- to three-year competitive window that he thinks the Preds will be in from 2023 to about 2025 is like based on his contracts that he has right now in front of him. Because that's when you have Ryan Johansson for those last two years. That's when you have Matt Duchesne for those last three. But I also think it could be, and it just might be, smart asset management. Because what if Philip Forsberg doesn't resign, and then towards those end of the last two years of Mikkel Granlund, he outperforms his $5 million contract. What if the cap starts going up again, and it's not a hard cap anymore? Those are the kind of things where I'll give Poyle the benefit of the doubt. It just feels like there's way too much risk compared to the reward that is already known with Mikkel Granlund already. Right, yeah. And that's I think that is the one issue there too. But And we don't have much to talk about because it's just basically Granlund and Riddick. And so, big save Dave yeah big save Dave but but with the Granlin thing too if anything I'll say this at least he did make the players around him better because he's one of the few that stepped up to perform and stepped up to the plate when he was needed and he finally looked comfortable in the system I can let uh, this dog out so uh, give <laughs> me like two seconds Roxy you're ruining the podcast we doing the live 
So Matt having some issues with his dogs there, uh, having to let them out. I'm going to have to let them in in a second, too. And if you're watching, you see the full Asian household of bamboo and everything else <laughs> behind him and all the different plants. That's what it is. Uh, him with his nice gaming chair as well. Is that Clorox on the floor? Yeah, I got to put that into the garage. I haven't had time to do anything today. Is it to clean up the dead body? Dead bodies. Plural. Oh, that's you why have you that have like Clorox. eight gallons of Clorox. Hey, when it's on sale, it's on sale. Oh my goodness. Okay, what was I saying? Okay, yeah. <laughs> with with Granlin, it's it's just going to be interesting to see what happens, say, in two years from now, when you want Philip Tomasino and Cody Glass to be your centers and yeah. everything as well. That that changes a lot of the ways you're going to have to look at this in development camp. Okay, big save, Dave. David Riddick, backup goaltender, and this is one of those ones like, sure, whatever, because it's the backup goaltending spot. There's only so many moves you can make with the backup goaltending spot, and it is not one of those things where they brought him in to challenge Yusuf Saros to push and be better. No, he was brought in to play 15 to 20% max of the games next season. That yeah, is it's, it. It's a one-year contract, $1.25 million. Yeah. This, If it was a challenge Saros uh, kind of contract, it'd be two years. It'd be multi-years yeah. for sure. Yeah. Dave Riddick is... He can get hot and be elite. I will say that. A lot of goalies can't get hot and be elite, but Riddick, he's like a 6'3 guy. He's not the fattest dude, like what you'd want to see in a goalie, but he's a steady goaltender. Uh, in Calgary, when called upon, there was many stretches where he was the reason why that team was winning games. Like, just flat out, he was winning them games. Not even, like, had to be average. He was just above average. In Toronto, he was not good whatsoever, uh, just kind of abysmal. But it's the last three years of Big Save Dave in Calgary, especially his first like full season there, that's the Dave Riddick that people thought, wow, he is challenging for number one. Wow, could he be this breakout player? I don't think he could be, and I never thought he would be. Um, he's a solid 1B. I think his max potential is 1B, playing about 30% of the games is like the absolute best. And the worst case scenario, it's not like you're calling upon journeyman blah, blah, blah to be your backup goaltender or 40-year-old so-and-so to be your backup goaltender. At least with Big Save Dave, if UC Saros goes down, you kind of feel not super safe, but you're like, this is a viable option. And the way the Preds play too, I think Dave Reddick will fit in quite well. Yeah, and we look at this as well, like you said, one year. This is basically because of the the personal things that Connor Ingram had to deal with last season. This is the one year of like, okay, Connor, we, we're so glad that you're back, that you're healthy now, that you're playing again. We appreciate you putting in the work and taking care of what you need to take care of. So here's your year to get back on track as well. And hey, if Ingram has a good showing, there's no, there's not saying no that he couldn't get a, a start. Yeah. Having a good showing in Milwaukee as well, because you know injuries can happen as well, and things have to be changed and adjusted. So this is that that window to give Connor Ingram that full on starters role in Milwaukee, because last year was supposed to be it, but then everything changed and they had to mesh with Chicago yeah. <laughs> for a little bit there. And so I this think... is this is the chance for Connor Ingram too to really get that this stranglehold on his career uh, and what what he wants to do, because I think Ingram could be a solid backup for Sarowski after that, as we're waiting for Askarov. I think Connor Ingram needs a full season to just reset. Yeah, 100%. And, like, mentally, physically, in the game, out of the game kind of thing. He just needs that season away to just focus on his game. I think that'll be good for him. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not saying this is good advice. I'm just saying from the outside looking in, 
it'll be good for him to just get his career back on track after just taking time for his personal leave and his personal reasons, which is fantastic. Also, sidebar. If you are attacking Robin Leonard, you're a piece of shit. End of sidebar. Um, <laughs> that's all it is. Just don't be an asshole on social media. Oh, uh, That is just absurd. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I, like, the way I see Ingram is kind of how I see David Riddick right now. Could be better, could be worse, but should be solid. David Riddick has proved in his career, minus, like, I don't know, a handful of games, that he's a below-average goalie, but other than that, he's... Just a very competent backup. Like that's what yeah. you want to see. That's he's the kind of goalie that teams covet. Where it's like, nah, eh, a little over a million bucks can squeeze you in, and it's not a well, we need to pick up a goalie off waivers kind of deal. It's you right. kind of know what you get in Big Save Dave. You can make a career out of that too. You can absolutely make a career out of being a Curtis backup McElhaney. goalie. Yeah, for sure. And so Ingram as well. When you think about it, the reason why the Predators did not have their seventh round pick in the NHL draft was that was traded to Tampa for Connor Ingram. So if Connor Ingram still being a, a solid starter in Milwaukee, that helps the prospects that are playing in front of him, Milwaukee be better as well. Still worth a seventh round pick. Mm-hmm. If he only becomes a backup goaltender for the Predators for two, three years, still worth a seventh round pick uh, overall too. So that was still a smart move by David Pollock because he's still a valuable part of this prospect pool. Even if he wasn't brought in to be a future starter, he's brought in for good goaltending depth. And that's what you need. I mean, if you want your team in the AHL to do well, having solid goaltending is going to go really far with building the confidence of the guys playing in front of him too. Because if he gives your your team a chance to win the fours and the defense that are young and still developing, that gives them a lot of confidence to keep doing the things they need to do as well. And if you have a solid veteran goaltender too, that helps train guys as well, especially defenders and communication skills, how you communicate with a goaltender, things like that, especially if the goaltender is used to the system you're playing and everything too. It only helps develop everybody as well. So, yeah, I, I like the, the the Riddick signing overall just because it's just a backup goaltender. And if we're really going to fight about the backup goaltender spot, there's so many other things we could fight about. Yeah, when it comes like to this. Kasky Swole wasn't going to be the answer there. No, he wasn't. That, he left to go yeah, overseas. Yeah, like, and people before he even made that announcement, it was like, well, he could do it. He played a he played a game. He was in the system. It's like he wasn't supposed to play games. Whereas no. David Reddick is an NHL goaltender. It's just. He's not right. a starting goaltender. My dog like can speak the English language to the point where I just heard her basically say out when she is outside. <laughs> so I'm going to try and take this with me to reduce our downtime on air. What was okay. uh rate the Oh, I can just all the way walk over here. I'm still on. Look at this. What would you rate the Grandland signing out of 10? Out of 10, I'd rate it a 6. I'd give it a solid 4 and a half. Okay. Just in terms of like the money and the timing of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think Granlin's a great player. We, You and I have sung his praises all on our last adventure together. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me, which he gets a below average 4.5. I think his skill is what gets him close to 5. If this was two years down the road and they signed with this contract, it'd be an easy 7.5 or 8. Okay. Oh. There you go. <laughs> you doing okay there, bud? Yeah, yeah, we're in. <laughs> so... Other than that, uh, going on, Predators did qualify and have already signed some of their RFAs. I mean, when it broke on the 27th, they had qualified Davies, Fabro, Janot, Olivier, Pitlick, Richard, Saros, Tolvanen. Since then, they've gone ahead and signed Matthew Olivier to a two-year deal uh, one way. Uh, Richard on another deal, that's a two-way. And so still waiting, obviously, on some of the big ones, which would be like 
Fabro, Saros, Tolvanen are some of the big ones, but they have plenty of cap space. There's no worry in there. I think what's going to come down to for a lot of these is going to be the term. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to want to bridge any of these guys or sign them long-term, what I would be hoping for with Saros would be like a four-year deal. Yeah. I, I think Saros's deal has to be long enough that if Askarov doesn't really pan out immediately, like within the first year or two, that mm-hmm. you still have UC there. And yes. I mean, he's 26 years old. So if you have him, let's say you sign him right now to a four-year deal, you have him until age 30. It's pretty good. Goalies around the age of 30 are still getting paid good money. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't fizzle out that quick anymore. Um, I, I think with Dante Fabro and Tolvanen is that if they're going to multi-year these guys, I have a weird feeling they're going to multi-year all of them. And just be right. like, this is the core going forward. Whereas a lot the of teams, core. yeah, where a lot of teams will just go qualifying offer. There you go, that's it. Right. Get one year, we'll go again next year, figure it out. But I feel like for some reason, correct me if I'm wrong, that David Poyle is the kind of guy that just likes to be like, well, this is the new plan. Here we go. This is the new core. I've shipped out the old core of all these old guys. I'm now going to lock in my young core, and I have younger prospects coming up. So mm-hmm. I'll just have this window as window one A. And then when Tomasino <laughs> and like Glass and those guys are due their money, they'll be window one B. Yeah, no, I think I think you hit it on the head right there too, because it's not going to be much fiddling around. And because a question did come in to me on Twitter, just to clarify for some folks too, because it, when it comes to contracts for any sport, things can get really confusing with terminology and what everything means. You're used to hearing what it means to qualify someone. You're like, okay, cool, they got qualified. Wait, what does it actually mean? So. Just to quickly, briefly explain this, when a team qualifies a player, uh, they're basically retaining the negotiating rights to that player, saying, we don't want you to leave. We still want you to be with us. We're going to work on this, or you can choose to go to arbitration. Mm -hmm. So when they do qualify them, they're saying, you're going to get paid at least this is what we're willing to pay you. And that's going to qualify that contract. Okay, folks. But that player then could be like, "Mm -mm, no, I know I deserve more. I'm going to go to arbitration. I don't, I don't like this deal. I don't like the qualified offer that you're giving me. Yeah. You can go to arbitration. And arbitration is just when there is a third party there and they go, well, they bring up comparisons between, yep. well, X player around your age and the same role with the same ice time and the same like kind of team made this mm-hmm. much. Therefore you make that much. So it could hurt them. It, it absolutely could. Most players and, and teams sign contracts before arbitration. There's been times where they're getting ready to go into the arbitration meeting. And they all of a sudden come to a deal. They could be something as simple as, I don't want to say a year because a year is not simple, but something as simple as a quarter of a million dollars yeah. off. And all of a sudden they come to a deal. So don't expect many players to go to arbitration, especially out of this. If there's any player that might do arbitration, it's probably going to be closer to one of the Fabro Tolvin or Saros. Those three be the ones that might do arbitration, if anything, too, because you might try to cheap them out a little bit. I think but it'd more be than likely, probably because you don't know what the, how they didn't play him in the playoffs. And but because what's happen. of the defense market right now, too. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But that's what that means, folks. Don't worry about anything like that until it gets closer to time. I mean, hell, remember when uh, Ryan Ellis held, held out? Yeah. yeah. That was a long time ago now when you think about it, but he did hold out and he was late to camp everything too that does happen sometimes but doubt's going to happen here okay in addition there are some depth depth signings that i really am not going to touch on because they're depth signings <laughs> and if you're freaking out about some of these two-way deals please don't these are meant to be milwaukee deals they're two-way contracts and that reason is because they expect them to be playing in milwaukee and maybe if there's three injuries 
might have to call a guy up that has some NHL time just to fill in a slot for a couple of games, but these are not meant to be natural predators players. And I'm talking about all these other guys, what like Huff and Tennyson. Oh, Matty Luff. Yeah. yeah. Those are meant to be AHL guys. Those are meant to be AHL guys because you're having some of the AHL guys come up like Carrier is going to be an NHL guy. Yeah. He's going to be an open spot. And yeah, you want Ference and everything too to be battling for things. Davies is going to be a top defenseman in Milwaukee but that's what these are for is those veterans to push some of these guys through camp and in the AHL just to get better and everything too so please don't freak out about those <laughs> yeah like there's there's depth signings where you look at it and go oh they'll compete for a fourth line and then there's depth signings where you go <laughs> oh they're playing in the AHL and that's right. all this is and I mean yeah. if you're a diehard Milwaukee Admirals fan then yeah that you're you're allowed to have your concerns oh and yeah stuff of here. But you have to know that some players get signed just to be a warm body on the bench and on the line mm-hmm. because they got to make a living and the team has dice and players. And it's not to say they're a mm-hmm. bad player. It's just you need players to play the game. Yes, 100%. And I will say Matt uh, Bernier did ask, similar to that question, made a comment just too about the depth signings, the depth route, instead of trying to stack the deck. And that's absolutely true. There's They're not stacking the deck. The Predators are not stacking the deck. I, If I'm given an early prediction – I can't see the Predators finishing higher than third from last in the division right now. They're going to say third in the division. I was like, what is going on? Oh, come on, man. You know me better than that. Yeah, I I don't know. I thought that maybe was a stupid hot take, and that would have been, like, the worst hot take that you and I have ever come up with. I I think – Do I hot take? No. I typically don't. You do hot pot. Um... (laughs) Ha-ha! You're damn right. (laughs) Third for – yeah, any higher than third from last, I'd be – pleasantly surprised uh, yeah it's not to say that it's a bad team it's just how how <laughs> like a rebuild how well did everything have to go in order for them to make that playoff push like just a lot it, the percentage chance like we go back to it less than a percent that's how right it needs to go mm-hmm. and i just don't see that happening next year and that's not mm-hmm. me being down on them. It's just kind of being realistic. And honestly, next year is kind of the year you don't want to be that good. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. If anything, thanks, folks, because we complimented for keeping it real. And it'd be better to keep it real instead of hyping up the hype train. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, obviously, you and I, not that we cheer for them to win, but it's more fun when the home team wins. Everyone knows that. Well, yeah, of course. The atmosphere is better around town. The hockey culture is a lot more fun. Like, it's it's better for revenue. It's better for oh. our show, probably. Oh, but yeah. I'd rather just say it how it is then. So, so Matt, the, there is a contract, though, that I wanted to bring up and I wanted to get your, your take on, though. You're scratching your chin like this is going to be a troll job, so I'm ready. So the Predators signed 27th overall pick, Zachary LaRue, to a three-year entry-level contract deal. I mean, that's moving pretty quick to get him signed to his ELC. Now, granted, he's going to play back in the queue, but getting him on a deal means they're expecting a lot of him pretty soon to get him wrapped up like that already, that they're probably going to be looking to him to make the jump not this upcoming season, but the season right after that, or even after his junior season finishes after this year, they want to see what he's made of. They're expecting he, him to be a pro in the next year and a half. He honestly might even get those X amount of games this year too, just to see like what he's all yeah. about. Because, I mean, the one thing that the kid was touted for is his hard work ethic and just hitting the crap out of people and being <laughs> aggressive. And, I mean, it's not that you can't teach that, but if you excel in that, 
you're not really going to have another role on the team other than doing that. So it's not like they need to wait for him to be groomed into a score or anything. Right. He was one of the most NHL-ready prospects in the draft just because he plays his role, and that's it. There is no more expanding to his game. The reason why he got he was ranked so high on all those lists is because what you see is what you get. He's polished to what he can be, and that's his skill set. Now he just needs to refine it a bit more. When I saw that entry-level contract, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. We'll see him <laughs> on the third line next season full-time or the fourth line. Like, it, Don't expect him, and we're not going to be singing his praises. Like, He needs to be called up now like we were with Tomasino and we were with Rem Pitlick and those guys and Tolvanen's. Like, he is not so far down on my depth chart, but he is just, he's not up there. All right. So, the news that broke right before recording was Zach Wierenski signing a six-year extension with a cap hit of 9.583333. That one puts him in terms of defensemen as in terms of the, in terms of the cap hit as the third highest paid defenseman in the league, just ahead of Roman Yossi. So you have Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, Zach Orinsky, Roman Yossi, PK Subban, Dougie Hamilton, also at nine and Kale McCarr also at nine. The Kale McCarr one. Okay. I I I, I like the Kale McCarr one. The Kale yeah. McCarr one's my favorite. Kale McCarr one, yeah. The Dougie Hamilton, damn. Uh, the yeah. Zacharinsky one, yeah, he's really good. And it, sh- it shows too they were not going to be able to afford both Jones and Warinsky. They're mm. just <laughs> they weren't going to be able to, to pull that off. But the value of these defensemen is like you were saying before with the, with the Fabro thing is skyrocketing out there, and it. When you have the New Jersey Devils now having Subban and Hamilton and that they have $18 million in two defensemen, the New Jersey Devils do. <sighs> you know what this reminds me of? Oh, boy, what? The Predators have $16 million in two forwards. How badly do the Preds want to ship off one of those contracts? Oh, so badly. How badly are the Devils going to want to ship off one of those contracts in the next couple of years? I mean, is it possible that P.K. Subban gets traded before the season starts? It is, but I just don't see it. Um, uh, However, you know what? Out of all the players, the four overpaid players we just talked about, the two in Nashville, P.K. Subban, now Dougie Hamilton. I'd rather have Dougie than any of them on my team, just Mm -hmm. in a heartbeat. Younger, it's just the one thing about Dougie is, can he be that defenseman, like the elite go-to defenseman on the team? Not in a timeshare with other, like, good defensemen around because Carolina was chock full of good ones. It's like, you go there now and you are the guy. Like, Will Butcher four years ago or three years ago, people were like, Calder, Norris, like, just shouting out all these things. Now, Will <laughs> Butcher's not that great. He's good. He's a bottom pairing defenseman. He's a bottom four defenseman at the very best. But now Dougie Hamilton goes to that team and it's like, you have to be the guy. You have to be the power play one. You have to be, like, eating up all the minutes. Right. It's just, can he do that at this point in his career? I think he can. So, it'll, yeah. like, I, I just think he'll be the contract out of the four we just talked about that won't look at the worst. Yeah, no, I, I agree in that one. Now, there are some teams still that are not even to the cap floor. And there are still some teams that are well over the cap and still having to make some moves. I mean, this is, 
it's curious too because I understand one of them, especially Tampa Bay. <laughs> I mean, you win back-to-back cups, you're going to be over the cap because you spend a lot of money oh, yeah. uh, to to win those cups. But Vegas has just been trading everything away. I mean, they just traded Ryan Reeves. Yep, for a third. Well for a third. Nuts. The Crazy. New Rangers. Uh, so a good return for Ryan Reeves. Insane <laughs> return. Ryan Reeves, like, I. He's a fun dude. He plays his role really well, but oh yeah, take away his personality, and, and you can get a lot of Ryan Reeves in this league. And you have the Stars and the Blackhawks also projected over, but then you have teams like the Devils, even though they have eighteen million dollars in two players. You have the Devils still not to the cap floor. The Sabers, obviously, they have work to do. Uh, the Senators and the Red Wings. So there's still going to be some moves to be made. There's still some moves that are going to happen, and the off season's shorter. We were almost to August already, and free agency just started. Whereas we're used to free agency starting July first ish, mm. around that time. We're used yep. to free agency starting, so it's a delay of about twenty ish days for free agency to start. That's less time for teams to really figure out what they have. Training camps start in six weeks. Training camps are in six. Quick. Rookies report in five weeks. And I know the Predators, per David Poyle, have a development camp starting in the middle of August. So basically is what it's sounding like for Predators rookies is that they'll have a development camp and probably two weeks off, then rookies report for camp and then vets report to camp. Like the season's just around the corner, folks. We, we're – the dead zone for hockey is supposed to be about um, six to eight weeks. Yep. With the with free agency starting, you have a couple days of free agency, and then all the major reporters go and take their big long breaks and go to their cabins. All the Canadians because they have a cabin somehow. It seems like every cabin, seems like everybody has a cabin. Cabins and cottages. That's all we have yeah, up there. We go to the cottage. Yeah. So, but now it is August coming up in what tomorrow by the time you're listening to this. Wow. And <laughs> right. It is coming up on August and we're just entering free agency. So, there's really the dead period is only going to be about a month and that two, two, three weeks less of dead zone means a lot less wiggle room for general managers to do a lot of work they typically do. Because the Predators, a lot of times, will make a random sign in the middle of August of, uh, yeah, we need one more veteran defenseman. Yeah. That's <laughs> what will happen. We need another so, Borvietsky. Like, let's bring So him. I'm curious to see what the cap situation, some of the, I, all this is to say, I'm curious to see what the cap situation some of these teams are in, how quickly things might roll now that some of these moves have been made, some of these re-signings and extensions have been made, that some of these teams will have to make moves within the next few days to get rolling so people can have a break of some mm. sort and know what they're supposed to be doing for their off-season training plans. Because some teams have not been in off-season training for that long, some people much longer than others, but some not as long. And they need to know with training camp being just around the corner, Matt. Yeah, and I think the one thing too is this year teams are being more transparent about we're leaving X amount of money on the table in order to just have wiggle room. I mean, Kyle Dubas said it recently for the Leafs. He's like, yeah, we about $3.25 million right now or 2.35, one of the numbers there. I don't have it at the top of my head. And he's like, we're just going to leave that for now and see what happens, which means Mm -hmm. they could trade a contract and bring one in. And I think that's kind of the smart thing to do if you're one of those teams that has like $5 million to like, no million dollars is to leave some wiggle room there to watch the market, watch teams kind of F themselves and be like, Oh, they got to cut bait <laughs> on that contract. We can take it on give us some draft picks. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be weird to jump right back into hockey. Like there's no break. Uh, and I always need a break. Okay. Before we have to go, give me one or two of what you think were the worst contracts that were signed oh, boy. on free agency day. 
uh, or or anything resulting in free agency day. So it means things that might have broken before, but I had to wait to make it official on free agency day. Mm-hmm. Any of those things. Hmm. Okay. Number one worst contracts: Tony D'Angelo. I'm like just getting Good signed. Answer. That getting signed is the worst contract there. And the way the Hurricanes have handled that has been god awful. <sighs> Not good. Number two. The Montreal Canadiens have no scope of PR in their brains whatsoever when they, one, sign he who shall not be named after draft, or not sign him, they draft him, and then they go and known, bring in known locker room toxic human being Mike Hoffman into the fold. <laughs> he got traded from a team for being a dick, and now you're going to bring him in after releasing two statements being like, <laughs> our first step is to just have a better culture here. We're going to surround him with like the top like people in the world kind of thing. Yeah, Mike Hoffman, you free? Want to come score some goals and teach this kid how to be a dick too? And I mean, Hoffman could be a nice guy now, but he has that reputation. And at what point do you go, we need to bring him in. This is the guy we need. He's not the Mike Hoffman of two, three years ago where he was scoring goals left, right, and center. He's the Mike Hoffman who struggled to find consistent top six playing time, who wasn't even fantasy relevant in a sense, not last year whatsoever. (laughs) Those two are the worst. Um, my favorite, I love Braden Point being signed eight years, nine and a half million dollars. Just It just shows how Tampa Bay is willing to be like, yeah, all of our eggs in these guys, are in these guys' basket and we're not overpaying them. Braden Point at nine and a half doesn't feel like an overpay. Kucherov, Vasilevsky, none of these guys, you look at their contracts and go, that's an overpay. It just seems like it's right for them. And mm-hmm. the biggest contract that I'll always go back to is Nathan McKinnon's contract. He's the most underpaid human being in the world in the league based on what he does and everything. So when people bring up, well, look what Nathan McKinnon makes. That's a team-friendly contract. It's no, the salary cap went up a tremendous amount the year after he signed. I bet you McKinnon would love to run that back and do that all over again. Uh, But point is my favorite, $9.5 million. Uh, It's just good term, good salary. Is that's also in the hopes of the cap going up and up and up. Sure. So mine, not necessarily awful contract, mine like <laughs> do getting paid. Uh, Ryan Suter. Mm. So uh, signs a four-year deal with the Dallas Stars. And that four-year deal is worth $14.6 million, including a $1 million signing bonus. And getting paid also by the Minnesota Wild. In terms of the cost, nowhere near as much. But to, it's crazy to think that his contract was through 28-29. Nuts. It's, it's nuts because his contract right now goes through 24-25, which will end when he's 40. Yep. So you add three more. This contract is supposed to go to he was 43, which how many NHLers that are not Yarmer Yager, Zidane Chara are playing into their 40s? Is that with the buyout penalty? Or is no, that... no. Just saying, on the on the actual cost. Oh my goodness! Of what's the cap friendly is the eight hundred thirty three thousand per year. But still, you're making a million dollars extra per year on top of your other contract. Yeah, but that's that's not good. I mean, that's great right, for but him. Yes, that that is the buyout penalty. But still, yeah. the buyout penalty is, is until he's forty three. But still, he's playing his contract under under contract till forty. Good for him. That's that's a man who's making his money until he's forty or forty three years old. And imagine how much the Predators fans hate the Dallas Stars. And still have hate for Ryan Suter. Now you have Ryan Suter <laughs> on the Dallas Stars. 
<laughs> making mad a, money too. Another fun signing is Corey Perry to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And the history there with the Predators and Tampa, the hitter's history of the Predators and Corey Perry. And now the Predators will be playing Corey Perry in yet another outdoor game. Kind of fun. It, uh, it, hopefully no one gets hurt, but I will never forget the Corey Perry walk of shame at the Winter Classic that happened so early in the first period. Oh, yeah. And it's that is a walk of shame, too. Because it's not like off the rink and in the tunnel. It's, no, it's off uphill. the rink and then make sure uphill. you have your shoes with you and just keep walking. Uphill, too. Like the camera just keeps panning. It's like it takes minutes to get to the locker room. It's not minutes. a good Not look. like 10 seconds, but minutes. And so they'll be playing at Nissan Stadium <laughs> in February playing each other. So those are my unique signings not like bad obviously i agree with the I've, dm for one but i've got go ahead i've got one more bad one okay show me a universe that we live in where cody cc makes 3.25 million dollars a year oh wait we're in it we're... like <laughs> what is going on here uh edmonton oilers cody cc 3.25 is a lot of money get paid boy get paid that's good for him four years yeah, 13 million dollars 3.25 mm-hmm. That organization likes to go, Ma, give me the money. Here you go. <laughs> Just what so, happens. All right, folks. Well, if anything big breaking news happens, then obviously we'll be back. I think what we'd consider breaking news would be what? Soros? Soros re-signing. Tolvanen re-signing because we could talk forwards then. I, by re-signing, I mean like multi-year. Yeah. Not if it's, if like, it's a simple like accepting the qualifying offer, something like we're not going to do a full episode on that. Um, but if Soros would be the big one, and then we might collect a few others. But either way, we're going to be back next week with an episode. I really need Matt to go see Black Widow so we can talk about that. Dave, um, if you're listening, let's go see Black Widow. So we got to go do that. Fixed it. And then, hey, coming up soon is we're going to have What If, the Marvel series coming up. So I know we'll be able to dissect that as well. And we already have a start date, a premiere date for Hawkeye mm-hmm. for that new series. And we have the new trailer drop for Shang-Chi. That's coming out in September, so Marvel is back, baby, and I'm so pumped that we have things to talk about. Uh, I need Matt to catch up on Bad Batch sometime. He's going to have to watch all those episodes of Bad Batch because I really I enjoy that series. to watch. You do, but I'm really looking forward to What If because it's going to explore so many different storylines and things, and a lot of the voices, I'd say... I say, yeah, a lot. I don't want to say majority because I don't know yet, but a lot of the voices are of the same character, like it's the same actor or actress playing the animated version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I think what Chadwick Boseman is playing Black Panther, um, or is playing Ch- T'Challa, <laughs> not Black Panther necessarily. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm very curious on that one. And we don't have much of a lull. There's hardly any lulls in Marvel content, which makes me very excited. So we'll continue to talk about that through the off season and any breaking news that comes up. We'll have you covered too. So Matt, any any final words from the plant room? Uh, stop paying defensemen 3.25 million dollars that don't deserve 3.25 stop signing pieces of shit too stop doing that let them suffer that's let it him, let them go to europe yeah let them go to europe go, and also to europe. i hope josh hosang does well with the leafs i hope he me can too. do something i love I josh hosang man like dude me too like i know boyd farish a penalty box here too has had that thing just like me of like man i really would like to see what josh hosang could really do if he got it together and everything with yeah. the right team i'd love to see that like it's not even because i'm a leafs fan it's just wherever he went that wasn't the islanders i would be rooting for him because the islanders right. didn't really give him a fair shot i mean no. he did it to himself yes but i feel like he earned it back to be like 
give me a shot. Let me do something. A shot. And now he has a shot. A PTO is something. If he does enough but can't crack the Leafs roster because it's so filled, then right. he goes Someone somewhere else. else. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm just a Josh Hosang supporter. So that's so honestly one of my favorite signings. It's just that he's getting a chance. Hey, give, hey Preds, I'd be okay with him giving him a one-year deal. Yep. To give be him, cheap. Give him a one-year He's still a prospect when you think about it because he hasn't been been able to have his time. He's still a prospect. He was a guy that had conversations of you could draft him top three in, I think mm-hmm. it was the 2014 draft. Was he the 2014? That sounds right. Gosh, yeah. Um, But it's just his tools, his skill, all that was there, but it's just the person wasn't there yet. Right. Maybe the person's there now. Maybe he can be that guy. I'd love to see it. It's be okay to take a, a flyer sometimes story. on people. Yeah but not pieces of shit. No, stop signing Tony D'Angelo and don't, uh, dumb. Anyways, thanks so much. <laughs> Folks for listening to Preds, Pucks, Pinoy's. These are your two half Pinoy's making one full Pinoy. Uh, for Matt Best is Justin Bradford. Thanks so much for listening to Triple P. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.